This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. We talk about the Nets. Hopefully everybody's Monday is going good. 12.34, make a wish on that. I don't know if you do that. Make a wish on the clocks. I do. Twelve. What about 12.34? Is that- 12, 12.34 is one, two, three, four. Oh, okay. Make a wish when you gotcha. see that. If you catch it. Only All if right. you catch it. It's still 12.34, so I can make a wish, right? Yeah. All right. You're in there. Same with 11.11. Uh, I tell people I'm a combination of clock wishes come true. I just make a wish every day and hope it hits. What about 7.11? Those wishes haven't gone well up until maybe now. <laughs> Robin, come on, man. <laughs> All right. Here we go. That tweet is out, and let's start the show. We're, we're, we're doing that Brooklyn Nets, Brooklyn talk. Nets talk right here on Talking Nets. Brooklyn, we go hard. We go, go hard. Talking Nets. Hosted by Keith McPherson, Robin Lundberg, and Hudson Flynn. Yes, sir. Welcome back to Talking Nets, episode 174, coming to you real quick on a Monday because that was pretty fun on Sunday night. The Nets get a win. Keith McPherson and Robin Lumberg joining you to talk really quick about it. And I think this will be the last episode that we do before the holiday break. So good to get one in before Thanksgiving. Robin Lumberg, how you doing, bro? Well, you know, before also the, the Sixers duck Ben Simmons, right? Like, I mean, I, I, I can right to it. <laughs> no Joel Embiid, no James Harden, no Tyrese Maxey. They realized there was going to be an L anyway facing the rejuvenated Ben Simmons. So things are breaking the, the Nets way a little bit. And and as a result, I'm, I'm doing well, Keith. Yeah, I saw something that like, oh, yeah, in the preseason, they also duck Ben Simmons. And obviously this is his second time going back to Philly. And uh, when he went last year, it was a hell of a game, but it was KD and Kyrie kind of, you know, carrying the weight for Ben, right? The the fans were all fired up and ready to get at Ben Simmons last year, and the Nets smacked them and shut them up. So, man, the vibes are good. I can't complain. I called these guys the never-know Nets because you never know what you're going to get out of them. And then going into this game against the Grizzlies last night, who the Nets usually never beat. The Grizzlies duck smoke as well. Nah, they're hurt. John Moran is hurt. Jaron Jackson Jr. is hurt. And Desmond Bain is hurt. So if there was ever a time for your Brooklyn Nets to step up and beat 
the Memphis Grizzlies, it was last night. Robin, what did you think about that game as you were watching it uh, late last night? 7 p.m. wasn't that late. Yeah, late for for an old guy, I guess. Uh, you know, feisty, um, <laughs> feisty team the Grizzlies are, right? So you know they're going to play hard no matter who's in the lineup. However, you can't make too much about a win over that team considering the talent standpoint, what, what they were putting out on the floor. I think you want to focus more internally on what's going on with the Nets. Number one is Ben Simmons. I mean, we, we I just joked about it, but it's it's no laughing matter the, the level of play he is starting to bring to the court. You know, at the beginning of the year, you were curious at what Ben was going to look like. And then you're like, give him a couple games. And then you're like, I don't know if I want this guy playing at all. And then you're like, well, maybe if he gets a little bit of a role. And now we're back to, oh, this is Ben Simmons. This is the, the player that you thought the Nets traded for who once existed for the Philadelphia 76ers. And you, you see that coming together for him, pushing the pace, finishing layups now, you know, finding teammates, doing all the things that Ben Simmons was known for. And then you, you also factor in the, the play of Yuta Watanabe, who has been unbelievably good. I mean, I, I don't think anybody saw this coming from him. And, and I would expect his shooting to regress a little bit. He's not going to shoot at the level he's been shooting for the entirety of the season. He leads the NBA in three-point percentage right now, shooting like 57% from three. But there are some things he can bring on a night-in and night-out basis. He's pretty long. Um, he rebounds the ball well. He, he moves without the ball. He cuts. He brings energy. So if you're looking at the, the roster as it was, and then you're adding this version of Ben Simmons and what looks like a key rotation player in Watanabe, all of a sudden you're starting to, to feel better uh, about the talent level. And, and KD can't go to the next interview and say, hey, look at these guys I'm playing alongside because that's starting <laughs> to get upgraded. <laughs> I, I actually got to get back to KD's podcast. And I think the whole reason he has the podcast is so that he has his own voice and his own platform. I think on his last episode of the Etcetera's with Eddie Eddie Gonzalez, he cleared up um, what he said. And, and then Chris Haynes came out with another part. I just, I don't know. Whenever there's an article and then there's like explanation of the article, I'm kind of like, it's too late. Um, but Katie alluded to the fact that he felt like he couldn't even walk in front of his teammates Right. He felt embarrassed. He felt ashamed at the way that it came out. Um, I think he loves his teammates. I think he loves basketball. I think these guys respect him and I can't be mad at the way they've responded. So, I mean, last night you think it's going to be all about Kyrie, right? Kyrie's return Saturday. We get the uh, Ian Begley interview with SNY and Kyrie speaks there a bit uh, and he apologized again. And honestly, I don't want this episode to be more of like, I think we're, I think we're past it, right? I think we, we, we've got the idea. Um, Kyrie has apologized multiple times. He's back now. He did what he had to do. Okay. So going into this game, you're thinking, okay, Kyrie's starting. How's he going to fit in? Jacques Vaughn talked about it last episode. We talked about it and he fit in fine, but it wasn't about him, right? Ben Simmons stole the show. Utah stole the show. Kevin Durant, his typical self. Um, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris. These guys have been playing well lately. Seth Curry. I, I just want to know what what is it, Robin? Do you think it's you think it's Jacques Vaughn? I'm like, how come we weren't seeing this Ben Simmons in the beginning? Was Ben Simmons taking it because he just said it? I saw him come off the court and he said day by day building blocks. Was he taking the first couple games as like? I, I don't need to go out there these first couple games 
and, you know, go full tilt, be trying to score. He, he just looks like a different player. Did JV unlock him? And with these guys passing the ball the way they do, they look completely different than they did in the early on. Obviously, Utah's uh, rise and emergence is a big part of that. But they're getting a way different Ben Simmons, right? We keep saying that was Ben Simmons' best game. That was Ben Simmons' best game. Last night was his best game. Uh, what exactly do you think it is? Well, look, Jacques Vaughn took over and things changed to a certain extent. you got to give him credit, his whole demeanor, all that. I, I think the absence of Kyrie during that time period, I, I'm not trying to get into the discussion or with or without Kyrie, but I, I think without Kyrie, it necessitated a certain style of play, right? In order to win games at the beginning of that, that time frame or during that time frame, you had to play a certain way. So you saw that. As far as Ben Simmons goes, I don't think it's more complicated than it needs to be. Look, the, the Nets are under a microscope. I mean, we're on a, a podcast called Talking Nets. So obviously we're talking about the Nets. But the, the talk about the Nets is not exclusive to Nets podcasts. They are the most talked about team in the entire NBA. They are the most closely followed team in the entire NBA. With that comes instant reaction. With that comes, you know, hot takes and all that. And I'm a part of that machine too. So I, I get it. But Ben Simmons hadn't played basketball in a really long time. Ben Simmons had back surgery over the offseason, including, you know, stuff that had to do with nerves. So it is reasonable from a human element standpoint and not a ha-ha Ben Simmons standpoint or a ha-ha Nets standpoint that it may take the dude a little while to get his legs back under him, to get his confidence back, to get his rhythm back, to get his explosiveness back. And that's why I think you've seen it happen a little gradually. I, it was the Kings game, wasn't it? The blowout against the Kings game where he had yep. a couple plays where you go, oh, wait a second. What was that I just saw, right? And then he followed it up with the next two performances. So I wouldn't expect it to go to the other direction. In fact, I would expect it to continue trending upward. And this is a roster that is tailored to his strengths, finding shooters and everything. So I don't think it's more complicated than the fact that, that Ben just needed a little time to get right. Yeah, I think that Kings game was an early rock bottom. I know you can't hit rock bottom in the first you know, 10, 15 games. But that Kings game was definitely a rock bottom for the team. You got some weird quotes, right? We talked about Jacques Vaughn saying that the team left their mind, bodies, and souls in L.A. And uh, like you just mentioned with Ben Simmons, that was the game where we're like, that was Ben Simmons' best game. But since they got smoked, you couldn't really write home too much about it. It's like, okay, he played well in a game that, that they were blown out of the building. But since that game, they've built on that, right? The Trailblazers win, huge win, 109-107. And then last night... We understand the Grizzlies are down three-star players, but they still went out there and put up 127 points, held them off. Taylor Jenkins coaches the Grizzlies up. It doesn't matter if it's Dylan Brooks out there. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, who they have out there for the Grizzlies. You're going to get effort. You're going to get a, 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 a team that's going to challenge you. And honestly, going into this game without Nick Claxton and looking at Steven Adams, I'm like, okay, this might be interesting. I don't know exactly how this is going to go. I don't know if Kyrie's going to be ready to go. It, it, it didn't matter. The Nets were ready to go as a team, as a unit. Ben Simmons bringing the ball up. Ben Simmons not being afraid to shoot. Like, I don't know what happened in the last couple of weeks. Ben Simmons is, is not passing to Kyrie Irving. Ben Simmons is making his own shot, like taking it and making his own shots. It's, it's miraculous to see from a guy that was just standing around and deferring and uh, like almost didn't want to go up. Like he's going up with his right hand strong. He's Wait, making, Euro stepping and all that. Yeah, he's that? making moves. Like I'm like, what? I, that's what I'm trying to like. That's what I'm trying to wrap my mind around, Robin. Like what happened? 
Like, and I don't care. This is great. But he did not look like this literally a week and a half ago. Well, so, some of it's physical and some of it's mental. Did you see the play where nobody was guarding him? Like the, the whole Grizzlies team, none of them are guarding him. He sees it. And instead of like waiting to set a screen and foul a guy, he just went in a little bit and shot up a little baby hook and scored. And that's what he has to do. Like you cannot be a self-check. Yep. I, I'm not expecting him to shoot jumpers. He should never shoot jumpers. Obviously, that's not his game. But he has to figure out a way to attack defenses that aren't paying him any attention. And by getting downhill in transition, that's his number one way to do it. By finding shooters, that's another way to do it. But he has to find that in-between game a little bit too. So that was the most encouraging thing to me, to just see him dribble up to the foul line and, and throw the ball in the basket. And that's coming off a game where he got fouled on purpose, right, and, and made three out of four free throws to maybe get that mental hurdle, hurdle over with. Now he's got Philadelphia, which could be a, another mental hurdle he can get over. That's his best game. Last night he was, you know, 22 points, eight rebounds, five assists, 11 or 13 field goals. He's a plus 19. Uh, without Nick Claxton, Nick, Nick Claxton was out for uh, personal issues, I believe. But uh, it's interesting to see, right, because there's always talk about playing Ben and playing Nick together. And uh, in this next game, and I know we're getting ahead a little bit, but it's, it's hard not to think about tomorrow night, Tuesday, uh, <laughs> he's going to be on. I, the first thing I thought was, oh, it's going to be great to see him versus Embiid. Nah, it's going to be uh, Trez. It's going to be Montrez Harrell. And uh, I don't even know P.J. Tucker. I don't even know who else they're going to run out there. Um, yeah, they don't have Dwight Howard's over in Taiwan, so he's not there. <laughs> Shout out to Dwight Howard balling in ta Taiwan. But, uh, you know, the the emergence of Utah Watanabe, I couldn't get these images to, to load, but this guy is number one right now in his shooting percentage from three. Um, I know it's not going to last, and even KD said it, it, it ain't going to last. We know it's not going to last. They asked KD in the postgame, who would you take in a three-point contest, Steph or, or Utah? He said, me. Of course, KD said himself. But Utah, Utah Watanabe, and I owe him an apology because now that I'm actually, like, aware of him and looking up um, and seeing him, right, he speaks fluent English. I think last episode I said there might be a little bit of a barrier there with English as a second language. He speaks fluent English. If you watch his interviews, he speaks fluent English. So there is no barrier between his teammates. He can speak English perfectly fine. I owe that man an apology. I just had – he came out of nowhere for me. And I, I didn't expect him to be this this year. And now in this last week or so, he's uh, a fan favorite. He's getting interviewed more. Their social media team is um, doing more to highlight him. You, you can't be mad. Now, other things from this game, you know, looking at uh, like Edmund Sumner – Edmund Sumner was mentioned in Kevin Durant's starting five, right? He's a DMP yesterday. Uh, Kessler Edwards and David Duke Jr. only get garbage time. Dayron Sharp, right? Those guys, those young guys that are in their second year, not sure about them. Patty Mills, six minutes. Cam Thomas, only four minutes. Like, I, I think Jock Vaughn knows who he can, can – who he knows who he can trust. He knows who's going to contribute. He knows who's going to move the ball. And, uh, you know, try and limit mistakes. That's another thing I'll say, too. The refs were having a hard time at multiple times yesterday, but it's, it's standard. You can't, you can't really complain about it. Um, what are you thinking about Jacques Vaughn's rotations and his usage of certain players? It's, it's really like the same seven guys, eight well, guys. That, that's what a good team is, right? You, you trust. You run about nine deep, I, I, would, I would guess. But you, the guys that you trust. And Yuda's getting trusted not just because he's making the shots. It's the way he takes the shots. Right? He takes them with confidence. There's no hesitation there. He also crashes the boards, brings a certain energy. 
I mean, you mentioned it before. One of the decisions Vaughn is going to have to make is the the Claxton-Simmons dynamic because Simmons started at center last night. His best minutes have, have come at, at center. Claxton, same thing. He's a center. Can they play together at all? As far as those other guys getting bumped out of the rotation, there's only enough room for, you know, however many small guards on a team. You can't play Seth Curry and Kyrie Irving and Edmund Sumner and Patty Mills all big minutes. It's not going to happen. So the, the return of Kyrie necessitated some of those um, changes. I see flick it cards in the comments who writes, Robin, is Kyrie your current favorite NBA player? You know, uh, Kyrie, as I've said a million times, I, I think the, the ceiling of this team, everybody knows, is higher with Kyrie theoretically, right? Like on the team, given his skill set. And he played well. He, uh, you know, yesterday was not – he didn't take away from the offense at all. He didn't do too much of that. You know, I'm just going to take the ball and dribble, dribble into the most difficult shot that sometimes I can hit. Uh, he looked like he competed on the defensive end. My biggest worry with Kyrie is always what's behind door number two. Even in the post game, I thought he handled everything well before the game. I, I think the fact that he did it on camera was important because it really blew up, I, I believe, because of his initial reactions on camera. So the, the fact that he did it on camera was big. But when, when you look at after the game, he brought up the possibility of filing a grievance about a suspension, which could be a story. And then they asked him about uh, what, what he would like to do. How does he balance his um, when he comments versus when he sticks to basketball? Because the idea of him sticking to basketball in the postgame press conference is a good idea, right? But he, he said, I wish I could be on a platform where I'm not harshly criticized for my thoughts and everything. So that's my... You know, I have a lingering concern with Kyrie that I do not think is unfounded, considering he's a habitual line stepper. <laughs> and and that's perfectly fine. And also, you know, I see a lot of Nets fans that are, I guess, taking victory laps in the fact that, like, Kyrie is back. And some fans and media members stated that they thought he would never be back. I, I think that's fine, right? Like You got to think about, like, this guy's track history. And I love Kyrie and all that, right? But, like, this easily could be um, a fool me once, fool me. You've heard me say that. Fool me once, fool me twice, fool me a third time. And now that you're hearing the apology and it's it's been a couple weeks, all of this could have been avoided, man. All of this is nonsense, really. And, uh, you know, I said I didn't want to talk too much about it, but it's part of it. It all is. So Kyrie comes back, and I mentioned the, the Ian um, Begley interview. I thought that was good because he he did it on camera in his own way, right? I, I had mentioned that last year he would go live on Instagram. I thought he should have done something like that again. Okay, maybe he has a relationship with Ian Begley. He was able to do that. But then, you know, before the game, the um, – what was the name of the group? There were uh, 300 members of the Israel United in Christ uh, group that – the ADL list as a, uh, you know, I don't know, anti-Semitic group. I, I honestly just learned about it yesterday. It's the, is it the Southern Poverty? I don't know if it's the ADL this time around. It might be. I, I'm not as I'm not completely well versed in this, but I think it's something to do with the Southern Southern Poverty Law Center has, has designated them um, as a hate group. That's that's what I read. And so they showed up to. Uh, Barclays Center yesterday. Jalen Brown got involved again. I have this. So uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, NBA Central tweeted, Kyrie Irving has a lot of support outside of Barclays Center today. Barclays Center today, excuse me. And uh, Jalen Brown quote tweeted and said, energy, right? 
And then later he had to clarify. He said, I was not aware of what specific group that was outside of Barclays Center tonight. I was celebrating the unification of our people welcoming the return of Kyrie to the court. At first glance, I thought it was a known fraternity. The C's, the Q's, Omega Phi Psi, stepping, showing support. And he shows you the pictures of the Q's and what they look like. Obviously, they're a fraternity, really. They come off of college campuses. But uh, that's a slightly different group than the group that was outside. So, again, you know, Bar- Barclays Center is a place where people protest. They demonstrate. They show up. It has been made that way. But, uh, again, this distraction doesn't end. Even though Kyrie apologized beforehand, after the game, he didn't want to speak on them. I- and I'm glad because something I also said was, how great would it be if Kyrie Irving comes back and locks in for the rest of the season and says, I don't want to be a distraction. I want to focus on basketball. We can have that conversation for another time. Like it seemed like, and even Jacques Vaughn said when he spoke to him, he said it was all about hooping. And he said specifically, he used that word. It's all about hooping now. And let's just hope that it is. But I don't know. I think I'd be a fool to think that there's not going to be something else. So for the fans that are happy that Kyrie's back, great because he makes the team better and uh he did like serve a punishment for his crime he did um honestly you know i think he you know i don't know he missed eight games um here 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 we go again but please don't please don't get this confused no one did anything to Kyrie. Kyrie is not a victim and uh anyone that said anything about Kyrie not returning they had all of the writing on the wall to possibly think that they had all of the evidence to possibly think that i'm happy dude is back I'm happy he gets an opportunity to rejoin the Nets. And the vibes are different. The vibes are better now. And I think he comes in. What did he play? 14 minutes last night? No, he had 14 points. Oh, he, he had 14 points. Excuse yeah. me. 26 minutes, 14 points. I think that's fine for the first night back. What is most important is the win. And the Nets got the win. And the conversation is around Kevin Durant. Another 25-point game to start the season. Ben Simmons looking better and better, looking more like the all-star Ben Simmons that we know of. Utah Watanabe, the guy can't miss from the corner. So, like, there are other things that have come into play now where Kyrie can kind of hopefully fall into the background, focus on basketball, and not make it about anything else. And I hope that he doesn't. I really hope that he doesn't. But I, as a fan, as a media member, don't trust that. I just I think there's going to be something oh, I mean, else. I think it could be accidental. This whole thing was accidental, right? So why 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 would I think? I, I, I either think it's won't? like it's accidental or almost subconscious sometimes. Like right. you know, like he had to have known somewhere in his head what could happen after the you know after the Kanye thing. It's almost like well, if I just post the link, then no one's going to say. Anything. I I don't know. I, I can't I can't. He's one of those dudes I I can't uh try to get inside the head of necessarily. Uh, you know, when he said uh, I have a whole army behind me. You know, you you understand why what Kyrie did the the actions when, or Robin when he says I have a whole army behind me and then you see people lined up outside yeah. Barclays Center you're like them yeah the dudes who used to hand out pamphlets in the subway came out the exit on Atlantic Avenue right and like we, I mean... we talked about that okay what when did they show up what game was it that they showed up outside Barclays Center it had to be right before oh the Knicks game so the Knicks game they showed up and I think that was the last game before the road trip. And Robin had said, usually you ignore those guys. You see those guys with a megaphone, with a poster, handing out pamphlets, whatever. Well, they came back this time deep. They came in back mass. super deep. <laughs> it's something that we can't avoid. It's in uh, articles. The reporters are asking about it. 
but let's move on and talk about the basketball aspect of this. The Nets, well, or go ahead, Robin. Yeah, I was going to say that's one of, I mean, one of Jacques Vaughn's challenges as the coach, I think, is making sure that it stays about basketball and then making sure Kyrie is accountable as a basketball player. You know, because Kyrie, his individual brilliance to bail you out is the best, like, break glass of in, in case of emergency option, yeah, maybe in the NBA. But the way that they were playing in his absence, where they did go five and three, despite the hysteria after the Kings loss, is what they want to do just with Kyrie in the lineup. Yeah, so shout out to Michael in here. He said, JV making moves on the sideline, has a presence there, calls sets, yells out things. All is more organized with him there. Absolutely. He looks like a coach. He looks like a basketball guy. He looks like a guy that has been on the sideline for plenty of basketball games. He's not afraid to impose his will as the head coach. He's not afraid to affect the game as the head coach. Steve Nash, at times, looked like he was a deer in headlights. He looked like a guy that didn't know he was the coach. He looked like a guy that didn't want to even yell. He just quietly wanted to be there and coach. You can't do that. So uh, all power to Jacques Vaughn. I'm giving him credit. I'm giving him credit for Ben Simmons being unlocked. I'm giving him credit for this team figuring out how to get wins despite all the turmoil and nonsense on the outside. And he brings Kyrie back in. Kyrie is uh, better than he was when he left. Wasn't Kyrie's last game that Bulls game where he had four points? Yeah. And he looked like – I don't even know what he looked like. That's he looked like he knew what was what was collapsing yeah. around him. Like He, he knew know. he messed up. He, he knew, okay, this, this has turned into something that I'm not going to be able to shake. Uh, I might get suspended, and there's no way to avoid this after posting that link. Uh, that's what I'm saying, man, from the jump. And I know we keep going back to Kyrie. From <laughs> the hard. jump, bro. It's hard. It is what it is. From the jump, bro, I said, why? What was the motive? What was the goal? What was the end game? What was the thought process in posting that coming off the heels of Kanye? If you were doing your own research, if there was only a part of that documentary book uh, film, not document, doc, not documentary. It's a film, uh, book. Like, why didn't you come out and clarify that when you just put the link out there? It leaves it open for interpretation, and people are not going to interpret that in the way that you thought. Even you know, he said um, he got defensive because people were calling him anti-Semitic. He got defensive because he knows who he is, and he, you know, yeah, okay, but we don't know who you are. The outside people don't know who you are, Kyrie. You have to speak to that. You have to say these things. So you you saying, if I if I know where I'm from, I can't be anti-Semitic. Just come out and say the actual thing. We wasted three weeks on this. And the um, pamphlets, by the way, say something similar. I mean, I see the, the pamphlets say, I can't be anti-Semitic. I am Semitic. So, like, that that is not um, totally off the base of, of the source material that he is, is referencing when he says that. But like I said, I was glad he did it on camera because to me, the biggest problem from the, the whole beginning was the fact he was so defiant on camera and wouldn't just say, no, right. I'm not anti-Semitic. And yes, I am sorry. Like the fact that he wouldn't do those things is what got him in trouble. After the fact, right? After the suspension, after Nike drops him, after he misses eight games, no pay, after everybody in sports media has a uh, column, a segment, a think piece on Kyrie again. Then we get that. So trying to move on here. Shouts um, to KD. Shouts to KD. How about we, you know, um, 17, I think, straight games to open the season. 25, 25 points. Or more points. So for all the talk, you know, he's gotten criticized here as well. And, and we joked about his, his comments about the lineup. But in the grand scheme of things, the Brooklyn Nets 
the New Jersey Nets before that are a more prestigious organization for the fact that Kevin Durant wears the uniform and for the fact that the Kevin Durant in his prime is still in the uniform. And at one point, the fact that Kevin Durant committed long-term to the franchise, now that got messed up a little bit by the trade request. Nevertheless, he's out there. He's been balling. He's had a great season, uh, had a, another really good game last night. So it, it is worth shouting out Kevin Durant, one of the best players of, of his generation, one of the best players of all time who happens to wear a Nets uniform. I still hold out hope that KD wants to stay. I still hold out hope that this team becomes a little bit better of a team and they make a trade or two and add some other pieces to this team and TJ Warren shows up. Um, it's November. It's getting towards the end of November. That was supposed to be TJ Warren time. At this point, I assume to see him, I guess, in, in December. But I, I hold out hope that this team actually becomes a team where Kevin Durant says, I actually have a decent shot of winning here. I'm already set up here. I will finish my contract out here. Let's keep moving forward. I think Kyrie is absolutely done. Um, but KD and Ben and and Royce and Nick Claxton and Utah. Um, let's talk to the details of Utah's deal. Utah non-guaranteed deal. I think it I think it becomes guaranteed in, in December. Right. So I know that I, I read um uh, let me see if I can pull this up. That the Nets the Nets will have his bird rights. And um I just I don't know. More and more like uh, <laughs> Props to Sean Marks. I know we don't do that a lot lately, but they found this guy and he's a shooter. He passes the ball. He plays defense and he's not a distraction. Yeah. And, he, and he's like a fun player to rally around there. There's a reason he's in all the memes and all that. He, he probably, maybe he might've pushed the, the most white Basquiat jerseys. <laughs> yeah. They're buying, it. they're buying Watanabe Basquiat jerseys. <laughs> Safe bet. He feels like a part of the core. Like he feels like he could be a part of the core and the same thing. Look, T.J. Warren, you mentioned it. I think we all want to see T.J. Warren come back. Same thing that went for Ben goes for him. It's going to take him a little while. Uh, I think everybody wants to see maybe another big added to the roster. But aside from just Watanabe, who, who has been a, a great pickup, I don't think it can be undersold about Ben Simmons, too, because Ben is only 26 years old, I believe. So, you know, you have to think of him at, when he was not a foundational piece. It got a little worrisome. If he's a foundational piece... That changes the perspective on the ceiling of the roster and even the floor of the roster, right? And, and all of a sudden you go from, all right, you know, can this just be a nice fun team? And, and I don't want to get ahead of myself because the, the Nets are, uh, they have a long way to prove that they're a real team, right? Like they, they, they've gone on through too much nonsense. I haven't played well enough for any sustained stretch to have earned the right. But you now look at the, the, the dynamics of the roster who they, they are able to put on the floor, and you can at least see the, the potential that this could be one of, you know, in the, the top third of NBA teams in the league. It's so early in the season, but it's not, right? There are other teams with issues. There are other teams trying to figure it out. This trade deadline is going to be crazy. Uh, let's see. I have the uh, tweet from Nets Daily. So Nets Daily wrote, if you're wondering if the Nets can tear up Yuta Watanabe's contract and give him something more, the answer is they cannot. If Utah has a two-way, they could, but he's not, and ineligible for a two-way anyway. Nets will have his non-bird rights. That's a guy that, hey, and Marks we trust. I know we don't say that anymore. <laughs> they found him, and uh, he's looking pretty good. Now, I'm trying to find uh, – I have it loaded up, but you know, here it is. For some reason, it wouldn't go on my MacBook. 
I think I'm having problems with my airdrop. I'm having a bunch of problems today. Honestly, my biggest issues are with fantasy football. I realize I'm cooked. No problem with your week. jacket. Your jacket is fly. Yeah, I love this jacket. I was telling Evan Roberts, I was like, I I literally bought every single piece of last year's City Edition stuff. I have this jacket. I have the red like starter type jacket. I've got the jersey. I've got the scarf. I've got the socks. I've got the shoes. Like, I don't know. I went crazy last year just because it was the jersey logo and theme kind of mashed with uh, the Brooklyn Nets theme. All right. I can't I can't get these videos to load up. So you're going to get the audio from my phone. Here is uh, Utah after the game. And I mean, now I've heard a few of his, you know, post game stuff. But uh, I, I felt ashamed of myself that I thought he might have had an interpreter or not spoke fluent English. Every time I hit the shot, um, my team is always, you know, standing up uh, on the bench, like clapping, like other guys on the floor is like, you know, clapping, like high five, all kinds of stuff that, uh, you know, that pumped me up too. So I really appreciate, you know, the energy and, you know, I just got to, you know, keep working, uh, keep working hard and uh, improve out myself. Yeah. So he talked about the team's energy, right? You see how amped the team is. When he shoots the ball, you see how amped everybody is in the arena. He even talked about the BK block and shout out to the BK block, the Brooklyn Brigade. They're going to Philly again. They're going to take over Wells Fargo Center. Uh, they've been picking this team up. They've been there every game through all the nonsense. And I saw a video that my guy Doug Barrick posted of Ben Simmons acknowledging them like these guys do care about the fans. KD came out and said he hopes that this brand of basketball is something that the fans can get behind. It is. So things are, are are better as the Nets are heading into this game against Philadelphia. That'll be tomorrow. And then looking ahead, they're on the road for a little bit. Wednesday, they go to the Raptors. Black Friday, they're in Indiana against the Pacers. And then Sunday, they'll come home and face the Trailblazers again, who I know are going to be motivated to uh, try and knock the Nets off. We'll have Kyrie this time. That'll be an interesting matchup. But I'm really excited for this 76ers game. The Raptors, I think, are going to be a good game, too, because the Nets beat them 109-105 um, last time they faced them. The Pacers, the Nets have already played twice. And you remember the first game, they got smacked a little bit, 125-116. It was uh, part of that little home-and-home two-game series. So then the next game, they came out and beat them 116-109. But I think they should beat the Pacers. This could be a stretch here where the Nets could win one, two, three, four, five, six, like, they could get a little win streak going, and I think that's just what the doctor ordered. Um, any thoughts on the upcoming schedule and obviously this game against Philly, which everyone's going to be locked in on? I'm trying to pull up the uh, quotes from Ben Simmons post game. I see something, Keith. You know what I see? Five hundred. That one game. A one chance game at a to time. get back to five hundred. <laughs> get to five hundred. Beat the Sixers without all their good players. Get back to five hundred. And let's go from there because that that feels like a, you know it, it's just one of those mental markers, right? All right, they did it. They're five hundred. The all the the things that could have happened have happened. Flush it down the toilet. Move on and start the season from there. I mean, it's a long season, and I know there's a ton of people that are ready to punt on the season every every season when it's like just starting. But we can't punt on this, and uh, these guys have the talent. When you look at the roster, they're only a few moves away. I know everybody's calling for a big. I know last episode we were talking about um, about Kyle Kuzma, who just had a game where he balled out 
took over the game. Uh, come on, I got this video. I'm like, here we go. It's the Ben like Philly. That, of that course, video? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, like for me, man, I've I've been watching Ben Simmons since he had his intro press conference. This guy is such a interesting case in the NBA. He had mental health issues. He had back problems, knee problems. Um, just his way of getting out of Philly to now, like he's he's just an interesting case to me. So I'm excited to see him in Philadelphia return there. Uh, I think he said something along the lines uh, not not long ago about still having a place there and uh, still having love for Philadelphia. So I'm hoping Ben Simmons is ready to go. I'm hoping these videos are ready to go, but I'm I'm struggling here, folks. They're like Ben Simmons layup attempt against the Hawks. <laughs> I'm struggling here, folks. Anybody in the chat, send your questions in the chat. Uh, if, you, if there's anything that we didn't hit on while I try to – get Ben Simmons loaded up in here um, as far as what he said last night. Cause I think that's a good way to end it. Did somebody say that uh, TJ Warren means um, fewer minutes for Kevin Durant, which would be a good thing. And, and I guess that was one of the mirages. Uh, there it is. Yeah. Universal. One of the mirages that we had in that little stretch that I had as well about how well the Nets were playing is it was so dependent on KD where I do get a little concerned about the, you know, the, the take turn aspect and, and taking some of the possessions away from KD as efficient as he's been. But if he were to go down, they would have been done. And you don't want him playing 40 something minutes every game. Any chance so in your mind that maybe enough time. Whoops. Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> I'll just complete the thought real quick. So TJ Warren's another body that, that can play and, and, and make sure KD isn't overexerted. Okay. Now I got these videos in here. What are your emotions heading into Tuesday's game? All right, so let me cue this up. Ben Simmons, post-game, um, they ask him a couple things. And I just think he, he he's aware. I think he is putting in the work. I think he's excited that he is feeling like himself again and just came off his best game. And, of course, the timing. Here comes Philadelphia without James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and Ben Simmons. Or, uh, and uh, Joel Embiid. And what are your emotions heading into Tuesday's game? Ready to play? Something going on? <laughs> <laughs> so, ready to play? Is something going on? Yeah, Ben, there's going to be a hyper-focus on you returning to Philadelphia as an active player for the first time. And then here's also there any this. chance in your mind that maybe enough time has passed that it won't be so bad it'll be <laughs> in Philly? Come on now. I know, I know what's coming. This is a guy that has been there. This is a guy that lived there, still lives there. This is a guy that I think has a lot to prove. And, uh, you know, this is a city that I think made him look like a punk, made him look like a chump. They called him every name under the sun. Uh, they made him out to be something that he actually was not. And there's an easy way to go and shut up 20,000 people in an arena, go there and ball. And he didn't have to do that last time. Like I said, Katie and Kyrie stuck up for him. You remember uh kd kind of you know going back and forth with Embiid, like he's with us now we got him now and now we actually get to see him so i'm looking forward to that sade actually makes a great point voicemails keith i need to bring the voicemails back uh and i can do that simply so the voicemail number is on our twitter it's on our instagram and we should bring that back into the fold it's 201-870-0461 i used to drop that uh every podcast for people to call in I just got to make sure our Google Voice is activated. 
and it should be. But uh, call that number for the next episode. And we're planning on the next episode being after Thanksgiving. I will be overseas, and I won't be back until Wednesday the 30th. So we might not have another episode until, like, the 30th or the 1st. It just is what it is. It's holidays, folks. But I'm glad Sade mentioned the voicemails. Call the voicemail. Subscribe to the pod. Leave a review on the pod. That's all we've got. That's another one in the books. The Nets get another win. The Nets get Kyrie Irving back. The Nets debut their Bosky out white jerseys. Ben Simmons looks good. Utah Watanabe looks good. And the chance to compete and save this season looks good. I'm not saying the Nets automatically are a championship team, but they look like a little bit of a club now. They look like a little bit of a NBA club now. Robin Lumberg, anything else? Any closing remarks before we wrap this one up? Now you just mentioned it, uh, you know, Ben Simmons, uh, there's a, uh, I, I said it before, but touching back there, there is a cathartic aspect that could happen. If he just goes out and dominates the Sixers, uh, I'd like to see that. Otherwise, uh, have a good trip, dude. And, and I hope everybody out there listening has a happy Thanksgiving or, you know, whatever you do over this little uh, weekend. Whatever you do, let's get some wins. Let's root for the Nets. Let's go, go Nets. Nets. Let's, let's go, go Nets. Nets. Brooklyn! Brooklyn.